All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. We are back. And this week we're talking NFL draft. We haven't had a sports cast in weeks. Sports haven't been around, so we'll give you some things that we've been checking out. We'll talk about which leagues are going to be the first ones to come back. We're going to give you a whole bunch of names to watch out for this year's NFL draft. Here we go. All right, guys, you are listening to the Nordies podcast, a rare sports cast. While we're all quarantined at home, there isn't a lot of sports going on, but we are going to talk about some of the things that have happened in sports. We're going to preview the NFL draft. We're going to talk about which sports come back first. Um, so here it goes. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Good. Sports? Ever heard of it? <laughs> we like sports. We, we still like sports, and we don't care who knows. We both went there at the same time. That was crazy. We've been oh, doing it too thing. long. All right. <laughs> so here's the deal, guys. Um, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe on Podbean Podcast app and Spotify and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. And also, spread the word about the Nordeast Podcast to your friends who are stuck at home and are talking about how bored they are. They've already watched everything. Well, have they listened to the Nordeast Podcast? I doubt it. So give them the Nordy's podcast. Give them the gift that keeps on giving each and every week, even while we're all stuck at home, even when we can't be together. Hell yeah. So here's the deal. We're going to dive into some real sports talk today. But before we do that, um, we had a great pod earlier where we broke down um, romantic comedies. We did our our metal stand. So listen to that and go vote on uh, which is the greatest romantic comedy of all time. We talked about Avengers Age of Ultron. And we went through a number of shows from all different networks that you should be watching during your quarantine while you're stuck at home and you're not being one of those mega douchebags who is waving a flag, defending your right to get and spread a dangerous and, to this point, uncurable pandemic that is wiping out old people all around the world. So don't be one of those assholes. Stay at home, listen to the Lord's podcast, and uh, watch these shows that we're telling you to watch. Totally. Yeah. Those people are real Preach, brother. Preach. They also they also weren't necessarily waving American flags, if you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I saw a lot of yeah. a lot of like nineteen forties um uh European uh propaganda flags uh with the name of the president and the vice president on them, which is pretty alarming and scary. Yeah, there's that one and then there's also the one of like the other people that like died a bunch of losers too. Oh uh, <laughs> from the South? Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of losers uh, fighting for all the wrong things, fighting for a lot of um, supremacy for the the white race. So we're not those people, and uh, you shouldn't be either. Stay home. Don't be stupid. Listen to what the experts are saying and not the people who um, are politicians on either side of the aisle. We should be listening to scientists and doctors, people who actually know what they're talking about. So Weird. Don't, don't listen to the carnival barker. Listen to the actual, like, uh, professionals, like a, I don't know, like maybe like a, the the top epidemiologist in all of the country. Yeah, like like the first thing is, like if you're if you read, like if you actually read things, you can see that our country is doing worse than every other country, <laughs> and it's not even like, close. It's close. Yeah. We're like we're we're failing, and where all these other countries have like um got around the corner and now are are you know doing really well. Um, On the men, we're kind yeah. of doing the opposite, and so. Um, you know, we're not trying to get on our soapbox when, when, uh, we're on this podcast, but 
in reality, like when lives are online, and especially people who are vulnerable, um, it is important that we spread that message to you guys as well. So do like we are, stay at home, be safe. Um, and, uh, you know, Minnesota, we've, we, I, I, it was news to me that we need to be liberated because I believe we're, we're first in the nation for, uh, cases of COVID out of a hundred thousand residents. So, um, keep it up, Minnesota. You guys are great. We're all doing a great job and, uh, we got to just keep staying home and watching Netflix and watch. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I feel incredibly oppressed and I feel I need to be liberated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need a haircut. Otherwise, I'm like totally fine. We'll we'll get through it. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna get there, everyone. So until then, we're gonna give you guys things that you guys should be talking about, things you should be messaging your friends, things you should be watching. And in this case, reasons why you should be excited about this year's NFL draft, which is coming up on Thursday of this week. So the only thing I'm disappointed with with this year's NFL draft is that we don't get to see someone take a nosedive into like the river that they were going to be shuttled like uh, oh, yeah. what are those things? like gondolaed across uh, to the stage. Like I was like the odds I wanted to bet that was the only thing I wanted to bet on was that like someone would take a dip in the the, the like the the little stream. Yeah. Right, because it was gonna be it was gonna be in Vegas, and they were gonna yep. take people onto the stage via fucking ferry or gondola or canoe, um, and that was so dumb. And I'm like, dude, how long is that gonna take? It's already the longest thing on TV. But um, yeah, now we miss out on all that. Yeah, yeah. So we're missing out on that, but I do think that this is gonna get like NFL um, Sunday type of ratings. Um, it's the only thing that people have sports-wise to look forward people to. People are desperate for sports. The NFL is incredible at getting people to watch anything. I think that this draft is going to do an absolute killing. Um, killing. Everyone's going to be watching it. We'll probably go live at some point during it, um, especially around the Vikings picks. Maybe we'll give you guys a little reaction on uh, on Instagram. So um, check in for that. should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but... We'll get to that in a few minutes. First up, what are you guys drinking for this pod? I have the most boring beer possible, so I'll go first. I got nothing exciting. I got the um, Central Waters like mix pack that they have, mm-hmm. um, which has like kind of a session IPA, like an IPA, and then a porter. But right now, I'm drinking a Honey Blonde Ale. It's actually pretty good. Um, it's an ale. And it's got like a honey flavor and it's blonde. And that's about all I'm going to say about it. I, Eric, I'm drinking what you drank during our screencast. Um, the, the bite size from Modest where they've added uh, a couple of flavors, predominantly maple. Dude, I like a sweet stout. A sweet dark beer. It's a dessert beer. I like it. That's what I think they did a great job with that one. And I am drinking the one you had. We should have planned this out better, but we are amateurs. And I'm drinking the Dream Yard New England style IPA from Modest with pineapple and vanilla added. It's a really good beer. Modest, always yeah. killing it. Love everything that they do. This one smells even better than it tastes. And that is saying something. Mm-hmm. So bravo to you, Modest, and bravo to you, Central Waters. All right, guys. So no sports have been on, but that doesn't mean that sports have stopped. There have still been things on. 
More people than ever are watching reruns of WrestleMania. More people than ever are watching baseball games from the 1980s. More people than ever are watching classic NFL games, whether they were from last year or years prior. Have you indulged in any of these replays of sports events? Um, if so, did any of them uh, catch your interest and were as entertaining as you were hoping? Yes, and I'm going to go with the Olympic Channel. Okay, so bear with me here. Um, a new sport that I have never watched before that I tuned into, and every time it's on, I find myself turning it on, and it is handball. That's right, handball. It doesn't sound like a real thing. It's like basketball combined with soccer, and it is incredible. These matches are so fun to watch. It's such a stupid game. They're like, well, we're not good enough to play soccer and we're really not good enough to play basketball or baseball, but we have this small ball and we can try and throw it into a net. Let's go. And it's like seven on seven and the girls games are just as entertaining as like the men's games. And they have all these like international tournaments going on and it's fantastic. That's what I've been watching sports wise. And that's wow. also called um, desperation, yeah. if you will, for like anything that's like remotely entertaining and kind of fast paced and handball kind of encapsulates a lot of that. Ryan, the only thing I know about handball as I've seen uh, YouTube videos of like penalty shots and people do some pretty fucking creative stuff to trick the keeper and, and get the net, the ball in the net. So I've seen some penalties from it, but I've never seen a full game. It's kind of fun. Like it, it's pretty fast paced. You only, you're only allowed from what I can gather, you're only allowed so many passes in like your opponent's end and then you have to shoot. Nobody shoots without jumping seven feet in the air and seven feet forward. So they're always like falling down and then like flailing the ball at the net. It's pretty entertaining and it goes back and forth pretty quickly. Nice. Well, that's not what I expected you to say. The only sports I've watched um, was when Eric convinced me to watch the Minneapolis Miracle Game and go live on Instagram, which was really fun. And we should do that more. We said we were going to. So I want you guys, the true sports experts, to for sure go live on Instagram on Thursday. And if at some point you guys have talked for a while and you want me on, I'll come on. But you guys should definitely do it. I'm living for this day. I've read so many articles and I can't freaking wait. We'll get into the draft in a little bit. A few things I watched. I watched the Minneapolis Miracle game, Vikings Saints from the playoffs. I think it was 2018. How brutal was that fourth quarter? Uh, I remember I was there and I remember what they did is they just moved Alvin Kamara all over the field and let him just abuse us. Pretty much yep. Hendricks, who is the best coverage linebacker in the entire NFL. Um, he had more pass breakups this year than any linebacker in the history of football. And he could not hang with Alvin Kamara in coverage. Also, they had picked on who ended up being a very good corner, but at the time really struggled, Mackenzie Alexander. They picked on him every time down the field, um, especially late in the game. They would find Mackenzie Alexander and throw to whoever he was on, and uh, it was hard to watch as we let the lead slip away. Um, but obviously it ends in the best fashion. It was so exciting to watch again. Um, I did watch – I'm oh, sorry. I, just, just real quick about that game. I remember because because you were at that game – at, when Diggs caught the ball and he was like kind of tiptoeing the sideline a little bit, like as he kind of came down with it, you were texting us saying like, was he in bounds? Was he in bounds? Like, because the replays weren't up obviously yet on, on the stadium. And both Jimbo and I responded like sim simultaneously. 
yes, he was in. It's yes, over. It's over. Like, it's over. Yeah. Yes. That's a moment I will never forget as long as I live. Um, it was so. I got I got the chills just recapping that. Like I yeah. I have goosebumps on my arms just talking. That about text it. combo was so exciting to me. So yeah, that was fun to watch back. Um, I did watch uh, Game Seven of the I think it was the sixteen NBA Finals. Whatever one the Cavs won at Warriors, the three one um, deficit that they came back from. You had the block of LeBron on Andre Iguodala. Um, it was the, the Caleb D and up Steph Curry. Uh, it's that was one of the most fun games I've ever watched in my life. I actually watched it with you, Jim. We had a great time watching that mm-hmm. one live and it was uh, almost as fun to watch back. I watched, uh, ESPN was doing, um, a bunch of WWE events and I watched the Royal rumble. I think that the WWE should only have the Royal rumble. Do you know, do you know the premise? Oh, it's their best event. 30 guys in yeah, the sure. ring one at a time, and then the last guy gets a title shot. It was actually really exciting. Um, the rest of it I didn't watch, but I did watch that match. It was a lot of fun. Seems like – Quick question on the on the on how this works. Why? How do you get to be the last guy that runs up? Everybody wants to be that guy, That's right? part of the story, though. It's like somebody earns it in the month leading up or something. Okay. Someone okay, earned okay. it or someone is given it. Like a, a bad guy is given that spot. So it's like a pole position thing that you earn and then you, you get to go. Yeah. And in this one, Brock Lesnar, Minnesota guy, Minnesota Golden Gopher, Minnesota Viking, UFC champion. He entered at number one and literally like eliminated like the first 15 guys. It was pretty wild. So overall, it was pretty fun. Don't think it's something that I would have watched on ESPN on a random day. If I wasn't stuck at home with no sports to watch, but I appreciate ESPN doing anything they can to try to entertain us when there's literally nothing to do. Fair enough. Um, the one thing that is dropping this week that everyone is really excited about is ESPN 30 for 30 is dropping a five part, 10 hour um, Jordan documentary that is pretty much going to start with um, what I believe they called the last dance. And it's like his, Swan song in um, Chicago. I believe it ends with him winning the game in the last 15 seconds against the Jazz. Game six of the 2000 finals, 99 finals, something like that. Um, And then it's going to work backwards to earlier in his career over five different Sundays. Um, Everyone is excited about this. I find myself not that excited for some reason because – um, I don't think I need more Jordan and the 90 Bulls, but um, teach their own. Everyone's really pumped and people are looking for content. What do you guys think about this? I think it depends on what what they're going to give us, right? Like everyone has always heard about, you know, Jordan's competitive spirit and how he was, you know, chastising of players that were, you know, he felt were of lesser ilk uh, than some of their their top players. Um, it'd be interesting to hear from Phil Jackson. It'd be interesting to hear from Tony Kukoc. It'd be interesting to hear from Scottie Pippen and just like get some of those perspectives. Cause those guys have been like so protected over the like course of their career and like just everything about it has always just been held up on a pedestal. So it'd be interesting to see like what were some of the, uh, potential downfalls or potential like Achilles heels that they had kind of run into throughout, you know, the entirety of the, the three championships when, you know, Jordan's post-retirement and then three 
um, you know, pre-baseball. So I think I think that that'll be an interesting perspective if they do bring that up. I know that Jordan has obviously previewed this, and he obviously plays a part in its making. And when he watched the final um, version of it in recent days, his response was, "Yeah, I guess I wasn't the best teammate." <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's going to portray him as like this alpha male, ultra competitive killer who did it with reckless abandon of his teammates' um, feelings and mental health. Yeah, like, and he he's said like multiple times, like I was a complete asshole while we were practicing. Like, just I should have been like more of a, a little bit more of a leader as opposed to like uh like a you know chastising of my teammates but he got the best out of them whatever he did because they won six championships so yeah so that's coming on we'll check it out um anyone who watches us let us know what you think about it it seems to be the talk of the sports world other than the nfl draft um and then i have a question for you guys as we hear all this talk about opening up the economy and we hear all this talk about bringing sports back and how we can do this in a responsible way um, what do you guys believe will be the first, uh, sport to come back? I think maybe basketball might be. You think the NBA empty, empty stadium basketball. Yeah. So the, the rumor is that they're not even going to play in stadiums. They're going to play in like gyms, um, with maybe like a bunch of permanent cameras. And the other rumor is that the season is just going to be over other than the playoffs. And that they're going to take, like, oh, wow. they're going to take like the top twelve to sixteen teams. They're going to play in like Vegas or LA. Sound like the two options. They're going to stay in hotels and they're going to play in like summer league courts that are going to have cameras everywhere. And they're not going to really have to have staffs other than the the teams, the coaches, the medical staff, and the announcers and the refs, which is kind of a big staff now that I say it all. That's that's crazy. I hadn't read that. That was just a guess. Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to push it. Right. I mean, but I do think that like they could do it in the summer, you know, there's a good chance that, um, things have calmed down at least a little bit by July. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that the NBA will come back with a plan like that. And I think that, um, one of the things is that they're going to have to take temperatures, um, before and, um, like multiple times a day. And they're going to have to not be able to leave their hotel or see their families until the end of it. And they're going to just try to finish Mm -hmm. the season. So there's some kind of end to the season. And so I think the NBA is one of them. A couple that I wrote down, um, WWE is going to be back in some way, shape or form. Well, it's been deemed essential in Florida after certain campaign donations. Yeah, well, it's not even campaign donations. Linda McMahon, Vince's wife, uh, former politician, now runs the Donald Trump Super PAC and um, was in his cabinet for the first two years, I believe. And she uh, and her husband and obviously Trump are good friends with Rick DeSantis. Is that his name? The the governor of Florida? Yes, the governor of Florida who managed to put on his N95 mask on live television incorrectly. Yes, and uh, he also um, deemed that WWE is an essential business because he said people need it to be happy or something like that. Um, So uh, some politics at play. WWE will be back sooner than later and most likely in the state of Florida. Um, The other one is um, uh, 
UFC. UFC has got to be right around the corner. They attempted to rent a private island to have fights every week. That was their original plan. Um, they've canceled a few events, um, but uh, you know, I think that they're they're desperate to get back underway as soon as possible. And I would assume UFC, UFC is right around the corner. And then finally, baseball. Um, they have a couple plans. Um, I heard that they are going to split the league into two. Um, not American League and uh, National League, but into the Grapefruit League and the other one. Cactus, Cactus League. Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. And they're going to do like a spring training leagues where they're all going to be in the same town. They're going to play numerous games on a few fields every day. And they're going to try to do like an 80-game season. So I think those are some of the options. Um, do you think this is, this is going to affect things all the way into the fall um, when it comes to college and professional football. So like, just, I mean, I didn't get a chance to give my two. And if I'm being completely honest, realistically, I don't think, I think our first sports are going to be college football and NFL. Okay. I, I don't, I, I, I don't see a feasible way given where we're at and how everything is continuing to escalate that baseball is going to be ready until like, August for, for groups of people to be together. I know it's going to be fanless um, and everyone's going to try to rush it out because they're trying to get money. But I really, I realistically see football um, either college or NFL being the first one. Okay. All right. Well, it's crazy. It will be interesting to watch. Um, But one thing that we are going to get for sure is the NFL draft this Thursday. It's going to be a digital draft as teams are all going to be in their own houses um, working with different, you know, video services to draft players. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the Vikings who obviously are going through some big changes on their defense, um, but have two first round picks after the Stefan Diggs trade. And we are going to go through some of the options of things that we can expect this week in what should be a very exciting draft. Now, the Minnesota Vikings may have never won a Super Bowl, but that doesn't mean that they haven't been a really entertaining team. Throughout time, Minnesota has made splash moves throughout the decades, and mostly in the last 10 years, where we've or 15 years, where we brought in guys like Brett Favre, where we have made trades late in the offseason for guys like Sam Bradford, where we brought back guys like Randy Moss. You know, the Vikings have never been afraid to make a big trade trading for Jared Allen, whatever it may be, the Vikings have always been entertaining. And if we really think about it, that's what sports are really best at, is entertaining us. And so the Vikings have two draft picks, 22 and 25 in the first round, a second round pick and two third round picks to try to rebuild this roster. There was some talk about a big trade this week with the Cleveland Browns getting a second and fifth round pick from the Vikings for Odell Beckham Jr. What did you guys think of this talk? Well, I was into I, it, but then it just turned out to like, I guess not even have been real at all, but I was like, okay, why not? I mean, the window, the window doesn't last forever. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I like the idea of the Vikings saying we're not going to stand pat with what we have and just draft rookie wide receivers. Like maybe we use those picks I think it was like a rumor to second and a fifth 
or something like that for for Odell. Um, the only the only confusing piece was the 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 financials of it, given that you know we we've talked about this. The Vikings going into the offseason were dead last in the league for available cap space um, to pay someone. Uh, and Eric, I think you pointed this out, makes four million more per season than Diggs did, or something like that. So um, like that was a little bit perplexing, but at the same time. If you feel like that's the missing piece and you've got draft uh, spaces you're willing to sacrifice to make that happen, um, go for it. Like, who cares? Like, you have nothing to lose at this point. Um, if it's a second and a fifth, fine. Um, I'd be cool with that. But, um, yeah, I, I was totally into it, too. I thought it was so completely irresponsible, like, to even talk about it was irresponsible. We do not have the money for a player like Odell Beckham trading picks of guys who would make like a million dollars a year for a guy who is a diva and hard to handle to make. So you mean just, just financially irresponsible. This whole discussion was completely irresponsible. And I still found myself hoping that it would happen because (laughs) are fun and that is what we need. And trading for Odell Beckham is the kind of Madden shit that I love. And even if it would have been bad for the team in the long term, it would have been a blast in the short term. So I was hoping it would happen. It seems like it's a little far fetched at this time, but who knows? It's the kind of thing that could uh, pop back up on draft night on Thursday and maybe some deal gets worked out then. Um, there's always the talk about a trade with Washington for uh, left tackle Trent Williams, who set, set out all of last season. Um, Feuded with the team over a cancer diagnosis um, and uh, still is demanding a trade. Nothing has uh, come of yet. Um, He is in his early 30s. He is an elite tackle. He would need a new expensive contract. Um, The Vikings have been interested, it sounds like, but just what that asking price is might not be something in our ballpark. Um, Something to watch, though. Trent Williams, Odell Beckham, a couple trades that you could see um, between now and draft night um, that could really shake things up for the team. And finally, the fact, sorry, the the fact that the Browns GM came out and said that there's no truth to the rumors makes me think like they were really close to, to, you know, pushing the accept button on, on the trade. And then it just kind of like, maybe somebody had second thoughts about it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I always love the, when the, when the media pretends that, uh, a team source saying there was no truth to it. They're like, well, there's that a team source said that it's like, of course they said that they, they have you ever heard like, Oh, we almost made a trade, but we decided not to. And we decided to keep the guy like, yeah, I've ever never heard that one. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, last one, a far fetched, but fun to think of rumor. Um, it's obvious now that um, black players in general feel uncomfortable with Bill O'Brien and the, the Houston Texans. Um, Deshaun Watson, his young star quarterback, has uh, made it known that he is unhappy, especially after the team traded Deshaun. I'm sorry, um, DeAndre. DeAndre. Uh, So there was a lot of speculation this week about the Minnesota Vikings swinging a deal, including Kirk Cousins, maybe Anthony Harris, and multiple draft picks to send them to Houston. This is something I would love if it happened, but I think that its chances are five percent at the most. The only thing is that the the website that published that and kind of started that rumor 
maybe there was some truth to it, or maybe there was some discussion about it, like just from a high level. The next day published an almost identical article saying Dak Prescott going to Houston in like a, a swap for, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson. So it made me just think like they're just reaching to try and create stories out of thin air. For sure. And it doesn't really work with the Vikings. They would have to, they would have to lose um, 15% of their salary cap for the year uh, just by trading Cousins. They can't they do can't. that. They can't do that. It's impossible at this point. They cannot trade Cousins until June without it affecting them at a level that would make it so it would be tough to compete. Like crippling. Well, yeah. Um, you know, there's less guaranteed money. There's some outs. The contract isn't very long with Cousins, but cutting him or trading him in the first three months of the extension is a no-no in this deal. So can't really happen. And not only that, like the, the NFL isn't the NBA, right? So if you're a player that's unhappy and you demand a trade, well, <laughs> buckle up because it's going to be a long ride, right? I mean, it's, this is not like, uh, you know, Anthony Davis or any one of these NBA players that's like, I want to, or Jimmy Butler, God, um, can't believe I missed that one. But uh, it, it's the players don't have the power in the NFL that they do in other True. sports. All right, guys, so a couple needs for the Vikings as we head into this draft with some high picks. I think they have three or five picks in the top 105, which is really nice. Um, two first-round picks, like we said. Um, so a couple big needs. Obviously, they're pretty set at quarterback with Cousins. You know, Minnesota really hates him. The national media really hates him, but he is definitely like a top 10-ish quarterback at this point in time, and he's locked into a big deal. Delvin Cook um, is trying to get a new contract. Signing running backs to big contracts has been a disaster for everyone, so we'll see what happens there. But for now, he's our back. Um, Wide right, right receiver, we still have Adam Thielen, who dealt with injuries last year. We lose Stephon Diggs, and we don't really have anything behind him. So obviously they're going to have to attack wide receiver in this draft. I know a lot of people have talked about it in the first round, but this is truly an elite draft, it sounds like, for wide receivers. So it could be something they push back. Um, the offensive line is something they've needed to address for about a decade now. Um, so that is definitely a place that you can imagine them going early and maybe often. Um, they lose uh, both Linval Joseph and Everson Griffin. Uh, their D-line wasn't as good last year, even though they did have Daniel Hunter. They signed Michael Pierce to a big deal, um, but the D-line could still add, so that's a place to watch. And then finally, cornerback is a place that they're pretty disastrous at right now, with only Mike Hughes and Holton Hill back on the roster. They lost Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander, all three starters at corner. So you can imagine they'll add at least one corner in the first three to four picks in this draft, maybe as soon as the first round. So those are I would be completely shocked if we didn't use one of our first round picks on a corner. Yeah, so I think um, I'm going to bring you guys through a few scenarios here. And just give some people and you guys some names to think of as we move through this draft. So we'll go live at some point. We'll be on social media talking draft with anyone who wants to on Thursday. Um, but a few things. Um, first off, I think their their main priority, believe it or not, is going to be left tackle in this draft. I really believe offensive tackle is going to be their main priority. Um, there's been some rumors that they're willing to move up in the draft even to possibly a go after one of these tackles. Um, if they do, I could imagine it being Georgia's Andrew Thomas. Um, if they stay in place at 22 or 25, um, Houston's Josh Jones um, and Boise State's Ezra Cleveland. Um, Ezra, Cle Ezra Cleveland 
Um, really seems like the kind of player that could play in the zone scheme, kind of a, a left side version of Brian O'Neill, who's already a really good right tackle for the Vikings. So those are a couple names to watch out for. I kind of think that if um, all the tackles don't go, which is a possibility, um, the Vikings will be trying to take one of those guys in the first round. Uh, I think it might be their top priority. Uh, staying on offense, wide receiver, a really sexy, fun position. We trade digs. Everyone thinks we need to go for one right away. Um, the consensus top guys, Jerry Judy, um, CeeDee Lamb, and uh, I can't think of Ruggs' first name right now for whatever reason. But Oh, Henry Ruggs. Um, they're the top three receivers. Most people believe they will be off the board by the time the Vikings come up. Um, but this is a super deep draft for receiver. So um, Rieger, the guy from TCU, Pittman Jr. from USC, and our guy here from Minneapolis – and Minnesota Golden Goal for Tyler Johnson are some guys to look forward to in rounds two and three um, as possible additions to the team. I, myself, um, knowing I'm a Minnesotan and we love our own, um, hope Tyler Johnson finds his way onto the Vikings. Would you guys be excited about that pick? Heck yeah. Absolutely. Oh, sure. he's, dude, he's awesome. He's like the big he's like the big gulp and get it guy. I like well, that. My favorite thing, so I'm a big PFF fan, and PFF, um, their take on Tyler Johnson was that they don't feel alive when they watch him because he's not great at anything. But they were like, he's also has no weaknesses. He's just good at everything and not great at anything. They were like, he seems like a sure thing as a pro. Never a superstar, but always a good player. And they compare That's like uh who was the Anquan Bolden? They is kind of like I, I just I I feel like Anquan Bolden was never gonna like beat you to the end zone. He was never going to. I mean, he was a big dude, but he was also he was never like the fastest guy. He was never the quickest guy, but he was like very crisp in what he did and just had like a great career. And I feel like maybe he could fall into that category. Um, for you fantasy football fans or or Cincinnati Bengals fans, if there are any of you, um, they compared Tyler Johnson to Tyler Boyd um, in Cincinnati, who was just a really solid guy, probably better suited as a number two. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. from USC is my pick, the guy I really, truly want, though. Um, I'd be excited about Tyler Johnson because he's a hometown kid, but Pittman Jr. is 6'4". I think he's a poor man's Michael Thomas, and I would really like it if we went and got him. So, Oh, God. I would take a poor man's Michael Thomas any day over a local kid. I, I think that between... Um, Ayuk, uh, Mims, uh, Jefferson, uh, Chenault, um, Rieger, Pittman Jr., Tyler Johnson, um, Hamler. One of those guys is going to end up on the Vikings. They will get a receiver in the first three rounds. It's just a matter of what kind of receiver that they're looking for. Um, next up, defensive line. So you were really weak at three tech. So when you're thinking about a line, you have two defensive ends, and their main job is to contain in the run game and in the pass game, but also to rush the passer. We have one of the best in the world at that, at Daniel Hunter. Um, we have a need there, but I think that the Vikings have been pretty damn good at developing pass rushers in later round picks, so I wouldn't assume a high pick there. They did bring in Michael Pierce to play nose tackle. He's a direct replacement for Linval Joseph. And I think that they will look to attack that three tech position, which is like your other interior lineman who isn't just trying to take up a double team. They're a pass rusher and a run stopper. They're like the more athletic version of the interior defensive line. Um, Kinlaw from South Carolina, Brown from Auburn, and Elliott is my guy from Missouri. He's flying under the radar. He's going to be a second or third round pick. He can rush the passer, freak athlete. Um, he's a guy that I think that they should – uh, go after on day two. And then 
a position that we obviously desperately need is cornerback. Um, there's a ton of guys. It's a pretty deep draft for corner. Um, Fulton, uh, Christian Fulton, the guy from LSU, is one that um, you know mock drafts have going from anywhere from like nine to forty. Um, so depending on how teams kind of see him, he's an option. Um, C.J. Henderson from Florida is a guy, maybe not a great scheme fit, but people really like him. He'll probably be gone before. But there's this entire group of guys, Johnson from Utah, Terrell from Clemson, Diggs from uh, Alabama, Gladney from TCU, and Dantzler from, um, I believe he's from Mississippi State. Um, That whole group is guys that are going to be kind of like late first to mid second round guys. And so I really think that there's an opportunity for the Vikings to trade down into the second round target one of those guys who fits their scheme and maybe add an extra pick in the draft at the same time. Um, so those are, which is the Rick, that's the Rick Spielman special for sure. I, I think the chances that Spielman trades up for an O lineman or even a receiver or down for a cornerback and extra picks, I'm going to put it at 90%. I think I, I do not think they're taking two guys in the, in the first round. I really don't. I think they're going to take. Yeah, I agree. So let's, okay. So let's play this out then, Eric. Where, if we did do that, what do you think the Vikings do to trade down? And then who do they take with their sole first round pick? I think that they're going to take um, an offensive tackle. Or maybe, maybe yeah, I was going to say, what position do they take? I think take? they're going to take an offensive tackle in the first round. Now, I will say that it could look like a, why did you think that? You know, there are no offensive tackles left. I mean, I do think there's a chance that um, all of the top six guys, um, including Thomas, Josh Jones, Ezra Cleveland, those three guys I mentioned, they're all gone by 22. I mean, that's a real option. Um, okay, so let's say that let's say that's gone. Then what do they, what do they take I then? Think, what position? I think if all of them are gone, they're going to take a cornerback, and I think they're going to take um, AJ Terrell from Clemson, Christian Fulton from LSU, or um, Jeff Gladney from TCU, one of the cornerbacks, a guy who's kind of long, rangy, um, can be physical, can play in this Mike Zimmer scheme, not necessarily like can set the world on fire with their speed, but like just a tough guy. Um, uh, Jalen Johnson from Utah, he's banged up right now, but he also looks like the kind of like guy who's physical enough, kind of like a Xavier Rhodes who can play in this scheme. So I think. So your, your, your thought is it's left tackles, the priority. And if that's available, Jump, jump on one of their like top three guys. If not, then they default to a corner. Yeah, I think I think they're going to look at left tackle, and if if everyone's gone there, they're going to go corner. Um, I think that they're if if the Vikings, if I had to guess, and I mean I'm not Rick Spielman, I don't have the same info that the Vikings do. You know, especially this year when there's not even visits to teams. But I would guess that in his perfect draft, he could get a left tackle at 22 without having to trade up. He could trade down and get two picks, like a second and a third for his first, and he could get a corner in the early second. With his later second-round pick, he could take um, either a receiver receiver. or a defensive tackle, and then he could pick the other one in the third round, and then it's kind of like best player available with the other third-round pick. So I think that's his dream draft. I think that they're going to prioritize an offensive lineman and and a cornerback. And you're obviously getting corner and receiver pretty early in the draft, but I think receiver is so damn deep in this draft that they know that they could get Tyler Johnson in probably the third round. And, you know, in, in other years, Tyler Johnson maybe goes late first, early second. I mean, there's just so many freaking guys at that position where a tackle is like 
there's there's maybe six of them in the whole draft, and you, you need sure. to get one of those guys. So, yeah, it's going to be so fun. The NFL draft for anyone who um, doesn't like this kind of nerdy stuff, um, check it out this year. There's no other sports on. It's really fun. They try to get you excited about your team. They try to make it seem like every one of these guys is a future star. And it's really fun to kind of watch these guys have their moment where you can see they've been so stressed and they've worked so hard in every aspect of their life to get to this point. And it's a cool moment. So I love it. The NFL is incredible at like keeping things to be like a 12 month thing. You know, you get a couple weeks after the Super Bowl and pretty much the rest of the year is NFL season. And so. Well, what's also, what's also kind of crazy is that like the scenario you describe in a, an environment like we're dealing with and especially like, or, or maybe even more so when it's going to be, when it would be like live in Vegas, teams that need to make a splash, right. For the fans or for like PR purposes would never even consider trading their second first round pick, right. They, they are like, well, we got two first rounders. One of them's a wide receiver. The other one's a, a you know, elite cornerback. Whereas Rick Spielman's like, no, no, no. Vikings fans are good. They trust the process. Uh, we're going to trade out of the first day of drafting so that it goes to the second day so that we can get an additional pick and we're confident in the guys that we're going to get. And that's when you know, like, uh, despite the fact that we haven't won a Super Bowl, um, at least more recently, you can you know that the organization is well run, that they don't need the the Thursday PR to survive the season, or at least the beginning parts of the season. Yeah, I mean they're they're willing to make those flashes when they think they need to. I mean, you had the one year where you had uh, what was it Patterson, Floyd, and Bridgewater? I think it was all the same year. Like, I mean, this team is willing to make splashes when they think they need to, but. The one thing that's really cool is that they trust their organization and they trust their coaching and they will, will take guys who are projects. They will move down. They will try to get additional guys. And Rick loves draft picks. He wants more swings at this. We have 12 picks, which I think is the second most in the league. And I would, I would assume he drafts 13 or 14 guys. I mean, he loves picks. That would be wild. He loves to have a lot mm. of swings at this thing where a guy like Harry Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles, they are notorious for like taking like four or five guys, you know, like, just different strategies. I think Rick's going to want a bunch of swings at this. And I think we should be happy if he gets a guy he really wants, like a Josh. Like to me, Josh Jones um, from Houston should be the target of round one. He's a, a left tackle from Houston. Um, Ezra Cleveland is a name I think you're going to hear a lot of too on that day. One of those two tackles I think should be the goal. And then I think that their hope is that there's like they can move down. And then on day two, there's three corners that they like all kind of sitting there. Jeff Gladney from TCU, uh, AJ Terrell from Clemson, um, Jalen Johnson from Utah. Um, Cam. And then, and then they have options. And then they have options at that, point. That, that they can get a guy who, you know, maybe they, they really believe in, but that probably fits better in the second round for them. So it's going to be fun. And you didn't have to spend first round money on yeah, it. And yeah, exactly. You get to make a little savings, add more guys to that roster. And with a tight cap, you know, having more guys on cheap rookie deals is exactly what a team like this needs. If the Vikings are going to compete for a Super Bowl this year, which they can, it's going to be because they knocked this draft out of the park. And if they don't compete for a Super Bowl, it's be, going to be because these guys weren't impact players for them. There's holes on this team at a bunch of different positions. And if they can lock up two or three of them with real solid guys um, from the draft, this is a, a contender. And so we should be excited. Thursday is a really fun day. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's branch off that just a little bit further than Eric. 
So let's say the draft goes pretty well. Like it goes pretty according to plan. We we address some of the weaknesses. Is there any free agents um, or potential trades that you see on the horizon that could help the Vikings in in this season? Free agents, no. I mean, I just I at this point, I think free agency is pretty much done. There's guys who will get cut from teams, but usually those guys don't really catch on with other teams either. Um, I think that it's going to be all about development of guys from last year's draft um, and some young players. Mike Hughes, Holton Hill at corner, taking a next step. Uh, Bradbury, Garrett Bradbury, taking a step at center. Irv Smith becoming a big piece of this offense as a tight end in his second year. It's those guys and then our rookie class, which is going to have to pull this team to the next level. Um, Will it happen? I don't know. I think they're like the, you know, they're a top 10 team in the league, closer to 10 than one. Um, but yeah, you know, can we keep Kirk Cousins uh, standing up straight? Can we play a team like the 49ers and not have our quarterback pressured on 47% of snaps? If we can answer that question, then I think, yeah, we can be really good. If we can't answer that question, I think it's more of the same. Okay. Fair enough. I I like the analysis. Let me just say, you guys are fucking good at this. Guys. I haven't said a word in a while. I'm just like listening. Like, damn. This is going to be fun. Draft night. Everyone should be watching. Round one. It's so fun. It's a really good time. Everyone should check this out if you like sports at all. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all time we have for this week. Skull Vikings. Um, go back. Check out our previous episode where we talked all about our new medal ceremony on um, rom-coms. Uh, we talked about Avengers Age of Ultron and our Marvel rewatch. We had all kinds of shows for you guys that are on Netflix, on Hulu. Um, on Amazon, all kinds of different streaming services that you can watch right now that will make your quarantine so much better. Um, so go and check that out. Um, but that's all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Until next week, thank you guys for listening. Share this with a friend and uh, stay inside. Make some good choices and help save some lives by being responsible.